0: Chapter 8, Part 3 of The Curious Lore of Precious Stones. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Curious Lore of Precious Stones by George Frederick Kuntz. Chapter 8, On the High Priest's Breastplate, Part 3. 8. Shebo. This is uniformly rendered in the ancient versions and in Josephus by Agate a composite stone highly esteemed in very ancient times, and hence worthy of a place among the stones of the breastplate. At a later period, as Pliny notes, chapter 37, verse 54, it became so common that it was but little regarded. Nevertheless, the fact that the various kinds of agates were believed to have many talismanic and therapeutic virtues, the great variety of coloration observable in these stones, and the curious figures and markings displayed by many of them served to make them favorite objects. The etymology of the word Shebo suggests that it designated more especially a banded agate, and that set in the proto-breastplate was most probably one with gray and white bands, as this variety often appears in Egyptian work. There would have been no lack of contrast between this stone and the reddish or yellowish-brown agate, of uniform color, which may have occupied the seventh place. For the later breastplate, we may choose any one of the many kinds of banded agate. This stone had engraved upon it the name Benjamin. 9. Al-Malal As to this stone also, the authorities are in agreement, and render Al-Malal as amethyst. This was not, however, the oriental amethyst, a variety of corundum, but a dark blue or purple variety of quartz. Both Arabia and Syria furnished a supply of amethyst. The Hebrew name shows that this stone was believed to possess the virtue of inducing dreams and visions. Cross-reference halam or dream. While as is well known, the Greek name characterizes it as an enemy or preventive of inebriety. The amethyst was known in ancient Egypt and was probably named hemag. In the Book of the Dead, a heart made of hemag is mentioned, and two such heart-shaped amulets of amethyst are preserved in the Bolak Museum. As the amethyst retained its repute as a stone of beauty and power through the Greek and Roman periods, we may safely assert that it was set in both the first and second breastplates. Upon the alama was engraved the name Dan. 10. Tarshish the Septuagint renders this word chrysolite, where it is used in the description of the breastplate, as does Josephus also. In the authorized version, barrel is the rendering. We have already stated that the topaz of the ancients was usually our chrysolite or peridot, and the name chrysolite appears to have been used to designate our topaz. This is indeed indicated by the literal meaning of the word golden stone. The Tarshish received its name from Tartessus in Spain, an important commercial station to the Phoenicians. The stone derived from this source was not, of course, our oriental topaz, a variety of corundum, nor was it the true topaz. Neither is it at all likely that the name Tarshish signified, at least originally, the genuine topaz. Most probably it denoted a variety of quartz, which occurred in Spain this is originally black but is decolorized by heating to a deep brown and if the heating be prolonged the stone becomes paler and eventually entirely transparent the ancients were familiar with this property in ancient egyptian records a stone called thalen is frequently mentioned as a material from which amulets were made This Egyptian name signified primarily a yellow stone and might designate either the topaz or the yellow jasper, known and used in Egypt at a very early date. The topaz was probably not known there earlier than 500 or 600 BC. Hence, in spite of the unquestionable difficulty offered by the geographical name Tarshish, which might seem to confine us to a Spanish origin for the stone, the probabilities favor the selection of the yellow jasper as the tenth gem in Aaron's breastplate. For that made with pious zeal by those who labored to renew the glories of the old Jerusalem, we choose the topaz, possibly, indeed, a fine specimen of the genuine topaz. For whatever the quality of the yellow stone originally brought from Tartessus, the name may well have been applied to the genuine topaz when this stone became known to the Jews either in Babylonia or after their return to Palestine. The Tarshish is engraved with the name Naphtali. 11. Shoham The Septuagint translates Beryl, but in our authorized version and in that used by Roman Catholics, the so-called Dewey version, the word is invariably rendered onyx. Diodorus Seculus and Dionysius Periagetes, writing in the first century BC, are the first classic authors who use the name Beryl while this name does not appear in the treatise of theophrastus he evidently includes the barrel among his smaragdi indeed the true emerald is simply a variety of the barrel and owes its beautiful coloration to a slight admixture of chromium the finest barrels were brought from india besides the specimen set in the breastplate the high priest wore on his shoulders two shoham stones each engraved with the names of six of the tribes After carefully weighing the evidence, we believe that the stones worn by the high priest of the second temple were aquamarines, or barrels. In our endeavor to determine the shoham stones used in mosaic times, we have no very definite information to guide us. On the whole, the conjecture of J.L. Myers, that they were Malachites, seems to have much in its favor, for this material was known to the ancient Egyptians and appears to have been often used for amulets the egyptian name for malachite as well as other green stones was mephek and a ring of mephek is mentioned in an egyptian text undoubtedly at a later period in egyptian history Mefek may also have denoted the barrel in view of the fact that the turquoise was unquestionably known to the egyptians at a very early date the supply being derived from mines in the sinai peninsula which were rediscovered by macdonald we might be tempted to suggest that the shoham stones were turquoises the light blue or blue-green of the specimens of this stone found on mount sinai would make an even better contrast with the neighboring jade than would the bright green malachite on the shoham of the breastplate the name gad was engraved twelve yashva if as appears almost certain this name originally occupied the sixth place in the original hebrew text all the ancient versions agree in translating it jasper an assyrian form of the name was yashpu as is shown by the tel el amarna letters in the cuneiform writing dating from not long before the exodus Of all the so-called jaspers, none were so highly valued as those of a green color. The talismanic and therapeutic qualities of the green jaspers are often noted by ancient writers, and according to Galen, these stones were recommended for remedial use by Egyptian writers on medicine. Abel Remusat, the great French orientalist, writing in 1820, was one of the first to see in the yashva of the Hebrews and in the green jasper of the Greeks and Romans, the material jade nephrite or jadeite the chinese yu stone these materials were used both in the old and the new world and were everywhere believed to possess wonderful virtues very likely the powers supposed to characterize jade were later attributed to green jasper but there is every reason to suppose that the true jade was always more highly prized than its jasper substitute for it was much rarer and was easily distinguishable by its translucency from jasper of a similar color. Until quite recently, only Turkestan, Burma, and New Zealand have supplied jade, and most of that used in other lands came from prehistoric relics or from sources unknown to us. It seems highly probable that the yashva, which adorned the breastplate made for Aaron, was a piece of nephrite or jadeite possibly in the later breastplate green jasper may have been employed this stone was inscribed with the tribal name asher in the following lists of the precious and semi-precious stones contained in the earlier and later breastplates the writer does not claim to have finally solved the problem presented by the hebrew accounts of the high priest's adornment but he hopes that the distinction established here between the mosaic breastplate and that of the second temple separated from each other by an interval of eight centuries may serve to clear up some of the difficulties encountered in the treatment of this subject breastplate of aaron one red jasper two light green serpentine three green feldspar four adamantine garnet five lapis lazuli six onyx seven brown agate eight banded agate nine amethyst ten yellow jasper eleven malachite twelve green jasper or jade breastplate of the second temple one carnelian two peridot three emerald four ruby five lapis lazuli six onyx seven sapphire or jacinth eight banded agate nine amethyst ten topaz eleven beryl twelve green jasper or jade the following lists show the variations of the different ancient writers in regard to the names of the gems in the breastplate hebrew one odom two pitta 3. Barreketh. 4. Nofak. 5. Sapir. 6. Yaholam, 7. Leshem. 8. Shebo. 9. Ahalama. 10. Tarshish. 11. Shoham. 12. Yeshva. Septuagint Josephus, Greek, about 250 BC. 1. Sardian. 2. Topazion. 3. Smaragdos. Four anthrax, five superios, six jaspis, seven ligurion, eight achates, nine amethystos, ten chrysolithos, eleven berylion, twelve Onychion. Vulgate, Greek, about ninety AD, one sardonyx, two topezos, three smaragdos, four anthrax, five jaspis, 6. superios, 7. Liguros, 8. Amethystos, 9. Akates, 10. Chrysolithos, 11. Onyx, 12. Berylos Authorized, Latin, about 400 AD, 1. Sardius, 2. Topazius, 3. Smaragdus, 4. Carbunculus, 5. superios, 6. Jaspis, 7, Ligurius, 8, Achates, 9, Amethystus, 10, Chrysolithus, 11, onicius, 12, Berylus Revised Version, 1611 AD, 1, Sardius, 2, Topaz, 3, Carbuncle, 4, Emerald, 5, Sapphire, 6, Diamond, 7, Ligure, 8, Agate, 9, Amethyst, 10, beryl, 11, onyx, 12, jasper. Revised version, 1884 AD. 1, sardius or ruby, 2, topaz, 3, carbuncle or emerald, 4, emerald or carbuncle, 5, sapphire, 6, diamond or sardonyx, 7, jacinth or amber, 8, agate, 9, amethyst, 10, beryl or chalcedony, eleven onyx or beryl twelve jasper the high priest's breastplate as described in hebrew tradition was regarded by the jews with peculiar reverence and the stones set in it were believed to be emblematic of many things it is therefore quite natural that these stones are described in the book of revelation as the foundation stones of the new jerusalem the names are in some cases not identical with those in exodus but this may arise from various renderings of the hebrew names in the targums or in the greek versions the text in revelation chapter 21 verses 9 to 21 is as follows and there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying come hither i will show thee the bride the lamb's wife and he carried me away in the spirit TO A GREAT AND HIGH MOUNTAIN, AND SHOWED ME THAT GREAT CITY, THE HOLY JERUSALEM, DESCENDING OUT OF HEAVEN FROM GOD, HAVING THE GLORY OF GOD, AND HER LIGHT WAS LIKE UNTO A STONE MOST PRECIOUS, EVEN LIKE A JASPER STONE, CLEAR AS CRYSTAL, AND HAD A WALL GREAT AND HIGH, AND HAD TWELVE GATES, AND AT THE GATES TWELVE ANGELS, AND NAMES WRITTEN THEREON, WHICH ARE THE NAMES OF THE TWELVE TRIBES OF THE CHILDREN OF ISRAEL. ON THE EAST THREE GATES, ON THE NORTH THREE GATES, on the south three gates and on the west three gates and the wall of the city had twelve foundations and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the lamb and he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof and the city lieth four square and the length is as large as the breadth and he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal And he measured the wall thereof, one hundred and forty-four cubits, according to a measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius the seventh chrysolite the eighth beryl the ninth a topaz the tenth a chrysoprase the eleventh a jacinth the twelfth an amethyst and the twelve gates were twelve pearls every several gate was one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent glass It is easy to trace in this description the substitution of the twelve apostles for the twelve tribes in connection with the precious stones enumerated, and besides this, we also have the twelve angels, associated at a later date with the months and the signs of the zodiac. Of the twelve foundation stones, the revelation of St. John expressly states that they had, in them, the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The assignment of each stone to the respective apostle was made in later times according to the order given in the lists of the apostles contained in the so-called synoptic gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke. These lists are not quite identical, Andrew, for instance, being placed second in Matthew and Luke, but fourth in Mark, and the same stone was not always assigned to the given apostle. Frequently, the list was modified by the addition of the apostle Paul really the thirteenth apostle. In this case he was usually given the second place immediately after Saint Peter, and to the brothers James and John, the sons of thunder, was assigned a single stone. In some later arrangements, Saint Paul occupies the last place, after Saint Matthias, who was chosen to take the place of Judas Iscariot, and whose name as an apostle first appears in Acts. Lists of the Apostles Gospel of Saint Matthew, chapter 10, verses 2 through 4 Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James the Less, Thaddeus, Simon Zelotes, Judas Iscariot. Gospel of Saint Mark, chapter 3, verses 16 to 19. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the Less, Thaddeus, Simon Zelotes, Judas Iscariot. Gospel of Saint Luke chapter six verses fourteen to sixteen. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the less, Simon, Zelotes, Judas, Judas Iscariot. The passage in Revelation chapter 21 verses 19 and 20 is not the only one in that book treating of precious stones, for we read in chapter 4 verses 2 and 3. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. The commentators, both ancient and modern, have given many different explanations of the symbolic meaning of the similes employed here. Some have seen in the two stones a type of the two judgments of the world, by fire and by water. Others find that they signify the holiness of God and his justice. Of the rainbow, like unto an emerald. Alfred says we should not think it strange that the bow is green instead of prismatic. The form is that of the covenant bow the color even more refreshing and more directly symbolizing grace and mercy. The significance of the twelve apocalyptic gems is given by Rabanus Marus, the Bishop of Mance, 786 to 856, in the following words. In the jasper is figured the truth of faith, in sapphire the height of celestial hope, in the chalcedony the flame of inner charity. In the emerald is expressed the strength of faith in adversity in the sardonyx the humility of the saints in spite of their virtues in the sard the venerable blood of the martyrs in the chrysolite indeed is shown true spiritual preaching accompanied by miracles in the barrel the perfect operation of prophecy in the topaz the ardent contemplation of the prophecies lastly in the chrysoprase is demonstrated the work of the blessed martyrs and their reward in the hyacinth the celestial rapture of the learned in their high thoughts and their humble descent to human things out of regard for the weak, in the amethyst the constant thought of the heavenly kingdom in humble souls. The origin of the foundation stones named in Revelation chapter 21 verses 19 and 20 may be found in the text Isaiah chapter 54 verses 11 and 12 where we read o thou afflicted tossed with tempest and not comforted behold i will lay thy stones with fair colors and lay thy foundations with sapphires and i will make thy windows of agates and thy agates of carbuncles and thy borders of pleasant stones as we see only three stones are mentioned by name the sapphire the carbuncle and agates this last rendering is quite doubtful as the hebrew word cod kad signifies shining or gleaming stones and their use for windows indicates they must have been transparent. It is easy to understand that in later times, the twelve stones of the breastplate, dedicated to the twelve tribes of Israel, is used to fill out and complete the picture, following the indication given by the general terms, stones with fair colors, and pleasant stones. In commenting on this text, Rabbi Joannan is quoted in the Babylonian Talmud as saying that God would bring jewels and pearls thirty ells square twenty ells in height and ten in width and would place them on the gates of jerusalem there may be in this some reminiscence of the apocalyptic foundation stones a skeptical disciple said to the rabbi we do not ever find a jewel as large as the egg of a dove But not long afterward, when this same disciple was sailing in a boat on the sea, he saw angels sawing stones as immense as those described by Rabbi Joannan. And when he asked for what they were designed, the reply was, The Holy One, blessed be he, will place them on the gates of Jerusalem. End of chapter 8, part 3